0: Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm a mud hole in your brain thoughts. And I am the ultimate solution. Welcome to episode 194, Uncensored 1996.
1: Everything you've wanted to see. Plus, the stuff you haven't even thought of yet.
0: Ooh, What have I not thought of yet?
1: Uh, I know I've thought of WCW putting on show. the of Marshmallow Man. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was going to say like a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, I'm like, I've thought of WCW thought having a good using show a hot dog during as a the straw? Hogan era, Ooh. but... Mm, a hot dog on a pole?
0: Did y'all see that video? It was from a Yankees game. There was a dude that literally drank his beer through a hot dog. Oh, nice. As a straw. It was... Disgusting.
2: I've seen people do the, I think it's an Australian thing Mm. where people will be like, do a, I can't remember what they call it, like a booty or a footy or something like that. But uh, no, a shoey. They call it a shoey where somebody takes their shoe off and they pour a beer in their shoe Mm -hmm. and then you drink the beer out of their shoe. Gross. Disgusting. Absolutely
1: disgusting. Like, I'm not a hot dog fan. But I'll safe, take the hot. dog. I'll take a hot dog as a straw, as opposed to drinking that as somebody's fucking. It's a little shoe. salty. Yeah,
2: that's a fucking gross. I mean,
1: depending on the beer, it may actually make it taste better. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, a Miller, a Miller Light, or like a Bud Light through a hot dog. Just gonna add a little, a little, a little bit of calories, a little bit of flavor. Exactly. You drink the, you eat the hot dog and drink the beer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, don't want to get anywhere near somebody's shoe. I've used the, a Twizzler as a straw at a the movie theater. Oh, plenty it's of great. Time, that's so. fun. Hey, hot, dog at a, I mean.
1: hot dog at a ball game. Sounds about right. Yeah. A Twizzler and a
0: can of Coca Cola. It's nice.
1: Yeah. Nobody's going to fuck with your beer because what the hell is that thing floating around in it? So,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, this is the second annual Uncensored produced by WCW. It would take place on March 24th, 1996, from the Tupelo Coliseum in Tupelo, Mississippi, oh, Mississippi. with an attendance of 9,000 people.
2: Can you imagine? 9,000 people paying to see the second annual uncensored after they may have seen I'm the hoping, first uncensored i'm hoping
1: they at least saw the first one
2: <laughs> but i
1: don't know i guess if they're paying to see this one then no but hey that's a good crowd Then maybe there the thought is surely it can't get any worse than it was last year right
2: <sighs> mississippi right right the thing is, is about last year all i remember is the
0: the video King match. of the road,
2: the King, King of the Road. What was there? Something else on there that? I, I mean, every it, match
0: had a gimmick I'm of some sort. Yeah,
2: I'm sure there was a. I almost want to
1: say it was. Was that Logan the sl- was... versus the Man Without a Name or something like that? I might be wrong. Was that
2: the, the slip, the slippy, slippy match with uh, the, the the nasties? And... No. Okay. No. Yeah. no one. That it's okay. I was just curious if you guys remembered anything outside blind. of the, the one match that is unforgettable because of how wild it is. I tried not to remember much about
1: that show. Yeah. And it's, it may come back to bite me in the ass during trivia at some
0: point, but I don't
2: so, care. So yeah, so be it. <laughs> you only got so much room in your brain. Exactly.
0: But we are in Tupelo, Mississippi.
2: Boy, are we ever.
0: So I bet Shane went and found us something delicious. Yes. That was Maybe not that was, my original that, plan, that, though. That, that was. Oh, you weren't trying to find something delicious? Well, originally
1: my plan was, I'm going to find something that, in my mind, tastes the way that this show tasted
2: in my mind. Yeah, um, the, yeah the way, it, it, uh, the, the feeling that was at the back of your tongue yes. by the time the show was over? Yeah. Spoiler alert, I
1: do not enjoy this show, but I want you to listen along so you can hear how much I hate it. So yeah, we're in Mississippi. We've been down there before. I've, I brought some greatness of Elvis biscuit thing with peanut butter and banana and bacon. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it was delicious. I think I've been there before again and did some cocktail thingy. But with this specific show, I decided to do what I do. and Look up the popular sandwiches in in the area. And at the very top of the list, it caught my attention because it just sounded like the weirdest concoction. It was an egg and olive sandwich. Essentially, it is egg salad with green olives mixed in on some toasted bread with some lettuce and tomato. It sounded really funky, but it actually wasn't bad. Even, I'm a I'm a fan. Yeah, even
2: even somebody uh, who claims to hate olives ate I'm not a, a big whole fan sandwich. Of them. Yeah, I will say that the I've never thought about olives in an egg salad. I love I mean, an I egg put, salad sandwich. I but. put pickles.
1: Yeah. in an egg salad so it makes sense it's just a little a little brinier
2: i'm gonna try it with there should, olive. Always,
0: there should always be more pickles yeah
2: i'm gonna try it with a with some olives next i want to do comata you yeah. did you did green which yeah. is nice i did green olives i got the the queen
1: jumbo olives with pimentos i went and bought just the basic container of egg salad from walmart and their little reach in cooler and then docked it up with some little extra spices and seasonings and stole a celery stock from michael's refrigerator and chop that up so there'd be a little bit of texture in it the
2: celery was nice too i caught it a little bit and i was yeah. like ah oh, nice celery was little good bitter i think day. it would have good salty? with
1: a little fresh onion cut in there as well yeah but i didn't have an onion sorry about that <laughs> no i mean for a sandwich that i only picked because it sounded like something that i would absolutely hate just because of eggs and olives egg and are olive. no, yeah. yeah it's not really same. called out to you they're the same shape it uh it had a a pretty good flavor to it to the point that each of us ate an entire sandwich but it's a uh, popular item at a place called Brent's Drugs. It's a, a little diner that's been serving up food since the 40s. They've got this classic diner counter area still that they've kept untouched. Beautiful. I looked up their Facebook page and they've got just like some really great stuff that comes out of that kitchen—burgers and sandwiches and breakfast. Yeah, you know, their brunch menu looked awesome with their loaded French toasts and whatnot. All located inside of a a pharmacy.
2: An old yeah, an old drugstore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, thank you and fuck you, Brents, because you took what I thought was going to be something disgusting and actually made <laughs> me realize that I liked it. So
2: I'm oh, yeah. glad I wasn't bad at at because my yeah. thing with uh, egg salad is. I will add some curry powder to it. To see, uh, I almost grabbed.
1: It. I saw that in the yeah. the cupboard, and I almost put some in yeah, there, but, but I went for the the mustard powder instead. Yeah,
2: some curry powder in it uh, in an egg salad is, you know, everybody does a little different, but that's one of the that's kind of been my thing. But now I'm like, oh, well, getting olives. some getting some <laughs> uh, getting some olives, and I think a Kalamata olive would be real nice. Yeah, according to locals,
1: because I found this, it was listed in Travel and Leisure's Best Diners in america uh on the list that i found this was the number one sandwich that you should try if you're in uh, mississippi i almost said pennsylvania to have it local mississippi that of the north it goes great with a cherry coke but yeah Drug is located in jackson mississippi so if you're ever in the area swing by or just go to the store and grab your own stuff and make your own yeah maybe, maybe next time you make egg salad throw a couple
0: it's the number one diner in mississippi i wonder if they uh What's his face? Been there for diner, drive-in. Yeah,
2: oh, the house. um, Guy Fieri. Yeah, there we go. I I was totally blanking yeah. on his name. You know, his last name is actually Ferry, um, but he his like stage name is uh, Fieri. Mm-hmm. So like when he got married, he, like cultural called, swapped it back because you know, it be, be Guy Ferry. Great story. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I just think it's funny. He's like, ah, oh, not Ferry, Fieri.
1: Eggs and all the tuna.
2: Yeah, yeah. If you if you add olives to
0: your eggs out,
2: use less salt,
0: or maybe none at all.
1: Yes, I I added no extra
0: to this one. <laughs> so something that would happen right around the same time as uncensored, the original Resident Evil video game would be released a couple days before on the PlayStation, becoming the best selling PlayStation game ever at that time.
2: I mean, mm-hmm. uh, huge hit. Tank controls. Yeesh. That's the thing about uh, the original Resident Evil games, up to three, I believe. But they uh, the tank controls, like, if you move forward, if you press the forward button, like the up, mm-hmm. you always move forward. So if you want to turn, like, left and right just turn you stationary. You can't just walk around freely. It's, and then back is always, like, step backwards. It doesn't, like, turn you around. So it's, like, controls like a, a tank. And it makes the game actually terrifying because whenever you get into a fucked up situation, like whenever one zombie comes at you, it could be the end of you because the controls are difficult. Yeah. So it actually makes it like horrifying. Whereas the last one I played was Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube, which is essentially just an action game. Mm-hmm. It's not really that scary and it's not that really... There's not a whole lot of survival issues either because it seems like you get all of the equipment that you need, whereas Resident Evil is a survival horror, so not only if you get, if you beat the zombie while you're spinning in circles trying to move, you have little health and, like, you don't know where the next place for you to get health is because they're so sparse, but, you know, spawned, honestly, maybe more movies than video games at
0: this point. I mean, it definitely has quite a few movies that they've made, but I I think it was kind of the beginning of the resurgence of the zombie movement.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for sure, because I mean, that's 94, and then we saw, obviously, in the... 96. I mean, oh, 96. I don't know why I was... Did the PlayStation come out in 94? Doesn't matter. We don't have to look it up. But the, uh, yeah, 96, we didn't really get... We got m- more zombie movies in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Your Dawn of the Dead remake, the 28 Days later. 28 days later. The 28 days later. Yeah, there was a bunch of them, and there was a big zombie craze. And then, of course, years later, Walking Dead becoming like the fucking biggest TV show yep. for quite a while.
1: Santa Clarita Diet.
2: <sighs> I don't know if anybody watched that. If you haven't, you need to, because is it is it's actually a good show.
1: people did. Is it good? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good.
2: Okay, Drew Barrymore, I'm like... Ah. It's Timothy Oliphant, it, yeah. man. Oh, Timothy really? Oliphant, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. I the just, two of them
1: together are, are pretty magic. Good. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, interesting. I can't speak anything really on Resident Evil, because i honestly never played it. I worked at Blockbuster when it came out, and I rented a shit ton of it to people, but yeah. never played it myself.
2: I played a little bit of the original ones, but they were always hard, and I was a wiener as a kid and scared easily. Uh, I did play all of 4, but that was years later, and like I said, it's a different kind of game. It it just was like a fun like, yeah, action think most shooting of the game. I games
0: are just basically open world. I know it gave yeah. you know, the movie games spinoff game. Because it was like, a haunted game. Mila Jovovich,
1: yeah. A, yeah. a forever career.
2: I've only ever seen the first movie, but I fell asleep. I've seen
0: it. I definitely seen the first one. I've probably seen a couple of the sequels. I've heard the newest one that just came out wasn't bad. Okay, and I'm not gonna say that it like Did high I,
1: praise. Am I wrong? Did they make a like a streaming show of Resident Evil or something like that? Or maybe, maybe I'm just thinking of the new movie. I don't know.
2: But they've um, also remade a lot of those older games with like. Uh, better controls which i've always been interested to play because i think i would have a good time
0: yeah yeah
2: i mean i don't know the survival horror game was really big in that era especially on the the playstation that's where it would kind of lived uh parasite eve silent hill dino crisis resident yeah. evil uh clock tower night i think it was called that game scared the shit out of me you're just in a house by yourself with like nothing and then musical play and then a guy will come out with like giant shears oof spooky okay stuff. so i had dreams like that when i was a kid yeah that's, this game would probably fuck you up because <laughs> i think that game gave me those dreams i just watched my friends play it and got so no, there were
1: dreams i remember i'd be in a room like people would all of a sudden leave and this eerie music would start playing and then i'd have to fight off this baddie that walked in before there was a video game baddie really
2: yeah, huh. Oof.
0: interesting.
1: Now now I some... want to play Resident Evil. I should
2: have done that in October.
0: <laughs> well, then if any of y'all out there have some fun Resident Evil memories, let us know.
2: Yeah, tell us what game to play. Yeah. yeah, So I want to check
0: one out. But we also, because it's that time of the year, we want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Oh, Christmas time! Uh,
2: all I want for Christmas is you. Tell a friend about this show.
0: Yes. There you go.
1: That's, a, that's an easy <laughs> present to yeah. give, Michael. Mm-hmm. All I want from you for Christmas is some Philadelphia recipes. Or <laughs> oh, something. my God. No, I'm kidding. Dim- give. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Remember the. Uh, SNL? Yes. Just let them over your lawn! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. That might be one of my <laughs> favorites of all time, honestly, and I feel like it's not talked about because it wasn't like a reoccurring thing. It was just like one thing. It wasn't like the Zagat or whatever. Yeah. Man, what a good one. One was enough for it to become Don't a. Don't make him wash the sheets. <laughs> Damn. Just let him wash your dog.
1: <laughs> just let him mow your lawn. Just let him make you a egg salad sandwich with olives and lettuce
2: and tomato. Don't make him watch <laughs> WCW uncensored.
0: <No. laughs> well, let's unwrap this present that is uncensored our gift to you we're watching it
2: so you don't have to are we giving you coal for Christmas let us know
0: in the comments (laughs) so eerie music comes on as we get comments about Hogan from several different competitors in the alliance to end Hulkamania that's such a horrible name Arn tells Hulk to order his last meal Sullivan says they can't coexist in this world.
1: Only one of us can ye- wear yellow, brother.
0: Flair says the name of the group completely wrong. And Lex Luger claims his back is against the wall, which makes him very dangerous. Followed by Jimmy Hart laughing maniac. Oh,
2: wow. That scared me and was
0: good. <laughs> Sorry. That was some stuff I hadn't even thought of yet. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We then get the logo, as Tony Schiavone welcomes us to the show, and he introduces Dusty Rhodes and Bobby the Brain Heenan as his commentary partners.
2: And I noticed something. There's two rings that are separated, and one has a giant cage on it. We'll get to it, but Mm -hmm. it's all here on the pyros going off, and I'm already worried and intrigued.
0: So Tony asks Bobby where his suit is.
2: Yeah, we got uh,
1: Leather Daddy Bobby on the Stage.
0: Uh,
2: Bobby in his leather jacket looks like the jacket my mom would wear when she rode a motorcycle, <laughs> which is very funny. A lady's motorcycle jacket. The, fringe.
0: No fringe. The brain responds that he didn't want to risk his fine clothes. But the truth is, is that Heenan and Mean Jean had arrived. To the arena late as they got lost on the way there. Oh. So Bobby was unable to change clothes. Oh, Google so Maps, that's the best.
1: In his normal getup, eh? Yeah, nice. Yep. Yep.
0: And that's why. That's probably why he threw the jacket on because he mm-hmm. probably just had a like weird shirt that they probably couldn't have on. Oh yeah, like a like, like, like a Reebok shirt or yeah. like a logo shirt or something. They preview the main event, which is a Doomsday Cage Match with Dusty calling it dangerous and the brain thinking it has 20 people in the match. He didn't know. He, he wasn't sure. Thank there me. is
2: somebody involved. He showed up late,
1: didn't get the notes.
2: I think they said the name already, because I had it early in my notes, but there was a name or a face that I saw that scared me. Who that?
0: We'll get to it. Okay. The production crew also got the graphics wrong, as the names on the bottom of the screen were in the wrong order. <laughs> to their defense... Bobby usually does sit. That Bobby and Dusty were on the opposite sides of where they usually sit, so yeah, maybe they weren't sitting in the right spots.
2: That's fine. You know, you know who they are if you're here. Yeah. Nobody bought this pay per view and was like, "Which one's Bobby Heenan?" <laughs> or which one's Dusty Rhodes? <laughs> like, I...
0: but we go straight to our first match: Eddie Guerrero Ooh. versus Conan. All right. Right. for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship.
2: Yep, Tony Giovanni's already putting over the young, hard working Eddie Guerrero. We've got a color colorful Conan, two Hispanic men, one US heavy
0: title. So the entrance that they come out is actually underneath all of the scaffolding for the doomsday cage. Yeah. Cause you know, they have to have places for the cameramen to walk up and film and everything. But the match gets going. And the two men are back and forth with holds, reversals, takedowns, and pin attempts to begin. When Eddie locks on a figure four, forcing Conan to make the ropes. We get more athletic takedowns and reversals with Conan applying a leg lock before transitioning into a Boston Crab when Guerrero makes the ropes.
2: I love Eddie just, you know, clapping for Conan once he gets the ropes and stands up. You know, they know each other.
0: Eddie goes for a snapmare, only for Conan to counter into an arm drag before going into another athletic takedown sequence, followed by the two just slapping and shoving each other.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's super athletic and intense. feels like they know each other as opposed to like that they practiced it. Eddie does that hip toss and Conan just lands on his feet and you get an their arm drag and hip tossing the shit out of each other. Yep.
0: The two men are working the crowd, leading them and chanting their names, before Eddie nails a dropkick and a super Frankensteiner. Guerrero locks on a camel clutch that Conan escapes by lunging forward, sending Eddie tumbling to the floor. But when he returns to the ring, we get more crowd chanting, followed by more arm drags, takedowns, and holds shared between the two of them. Conan hits a monkey flip. A -a tilt-a-whirl arm drag and a -a tilt-a-whirl head scissor by Guerrero puts Conan on the floor, with Eddie leaping off the top rope with a crossbody. Guerrero then rolls Conan back in before slingshot sentoning from the apron onto him for a two count. He then works a head scissors on the mat, but Conan fires up to transition into a hold of his own momentarily.
2: And I'm pretty in love with this match already, but... I wonder what the TV build was like because the crowd is super into it, especially for young Mexican wrestlers, and we haven't seen a whole lot of them here. So I was just like, was there a TV build, or I mean, like, there has to be, right? I don't know. I don't know, I know if don't there know. has to be. I guess there doesn't have to be. I mean, you guys, you can throw these guys in the ring at this point in time, whenever. But I was just curious because sometimes they're like chanting their names and shit. Yeah, I don't know. I was just curious. I just Seemed I mean, seemed uh, like the crowd should be into it,
1: but... You could put them anywhere on the match, or on the card, but preferably don't put them after all the bullshit.
2: I mean, this is the kind of match that we like to see on the beginning of a show. Yep. Young guys going for it.
0: Conan then delivers a German suplex. He tries for another, only for Eddie to counter into a roll-up for a near fall. Followed by Conan going for a full Nelson, which Guerrero looks to counter into another roll-up, only for Conan to just sit down on the shoulders for a two-count of his own. Hell yeah! Clotheslined by Conan, sends Eddie to the ropes, who comes back with a hurricanrana for a near fall. Conan's back up, and he takes Guerrero down with a splash mountain bomb for a two-count, then climbs the ropes, only for Eddie to meet him there, but Conan is able to toss him off to the floor. Conan dives out with a tope suicida, He then attempts to bring Guerrero back in with a suplex, only for Eddie to flip out, but Conan does land some elbows and a clothesline to take Guerrero down for a near fall. Conan heads up top again, which Eddie meets him up there once more for a superplex, but he's too tired to capitalize, so only a two count. Guerrero heads up top, with Conan meeting him there to press slam him off, only for Eddie to counter in mid-air, into a small package. For the pin. And no! Conan kicks out. They begin to run the ropes. With Guerrero going for a leapfrog. Only for Conan to run right into his Latino heat. <laughs> causing some major discomfort. Wow. And Conan takes advantage and makes the cover. For the pin. And, and the, the win. win. Post-match, Conan helps Eddie to his feet. And tries to raise his hand, only to be shoved away. Followed by Guerrero complaining about the low blow.
2: I mean, great shit, nice finish, and there's so much great interplay between these two guys in this match that highly suggest watching. It's very fun. They're playing. They're playing to the crowd. They're playing to each other, and uh, they're really going for it.
0: We go to the back, and Mean Gene's there. And he tells us to log on to CompuServe and chat with the giant right now, as they show him typing on a laptop. Hopefully
2: he can type better than he can
0: talk. He just talks in riddles. Uh, (laughs) It's a riddle to me, brother. Mean Gene then welcomes in Colonel Robert Parker and Dirty Dick Slater, who we haven't seen since Fall Brawl 95, episode 165 for Parker, and... World War Three, episode 173, for Slater. Damn. And Parker says he's taking on Medusa for all the men, including Elvis and his great-uncle, Tom Parker, before claiming he will take that girl, rub her face in it, and going to give her what all the cowardly men wouldn't. Dick says that Parker nailed it right on the head and thinks it will be great when Parker whips Medusa. Oakley then tells Parker to watch his hands. With the Colonel saying, not to worry about that, he's a man and a rooster. So literally that means that Mean Gene just interviewed a cock and a dick.
2: <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> mean Gene knows what he's doing. So we go to our second match. Lord Steven Regal with Jeeves versus the Belfast Bruiser. And the last time we saw Regal was back at World War Three, episode 173. And the Belfast Brewer, a.k.a. Fit Finley, Mm -hmm. since Best of the Super Juniors 94, episode 119.
2: A little bit. I know. He's he's putting on some weight. Yes. And some hair. He's a big boy. It's a special grudge match. I love Dusty calls Jeeves chives, and I just (laughs) fucking lost it.
0: (laughs) So as Bruiser is walking out, he ends up slapping Jeeves, who's returning to the back before using his jacket, which has a shoulder pad on one side, to start to brawl with Regal. The two men trade stiff forearms, elbows, clotheslines, European uppercuts, and knee drops, before Lord Steven is tossed to the floor. Bruiser follows out and drops Regal across the guardrail before running his shoulder into the ring post. Posted. Back in the ring, Finley keeps working the arm, when Lord Steven would knee his way free and level Bruiser with a drop kick for a two-count.
2: And when you said stiff, you meant stiff. Yeah. Yes. These guys are <clears throat> really laying into each other, and the energy is palpable. I'm like, oof.
0: Ee, ugh. Regal's now working the arm of Finley, keeping him grounded when Bruiser rakes the eyes and drops a knee to the face to regain control. Finley continues with a senton for a near fall before applying a headlock, which Lord Steven escapes, only to be taken right back down with a running clothesline for a two count. Bruiser takes Regal out to the apron where he slams his sternum against it and the guardrail before trying to grab a chair, but they're hooked together, so no luck there.
2: I mean, he's trying. It's funny, too, because it's like, oh, we didn't plan this out. We're just fucking... Call it another ring. We're brawling. I mean, this is like, like you know, strong style, but it's with that English catch uh, influence. Strong catch
0: style, and I'm pretty in love. Lord Steven fights his way back to the apron, where he reverses a suplex to drop Finley out to the floor, followed by leaping off the apron with an elbow drop. Back in the ring, Reel goes to the headlock again. But once more... Bruiser escapes and kicks him stiffly in the back. So Lord Stephen cowers away to the corner, but it's only so he can deliver a cheap shot to Finley's lucky charms. Regal with several holds and kicks to the Bruiser before an eye rake allows Finley to toss Lord Stephen to the ropes. But he telegraphs a back body drop, so Regal goes for the sunset flip, only for Bruiser to stay up and knee drop down.
2: I know, it's nasty. What was Regal thinking? Well, Finley has gained at least 30 pounds since we've seen him. A little bit. <laughs> He's He looks huge. It's great. He's got a great look.
0: Missed elbow drop and Lord Stevens back in control on the mat. But when he goes for a whip, it's reversed, allowing Finley to hit the backdrop this time. And Bruiser goes for the Boston Crab, only for Regal to fight it off and forearm Finley out to the apron, where he drives Bruiser's sternum. Into the apron. Finley hits a jab right to the face of Lord Stephen, which busts him open, Oof. followed by taking him out to the floor to drive him into the apron. And once the camera realizes he's bleeding, it pans out as Bruiser continues to punish Regal with turnbuckle smashes, but Lord Stephen then kicks Finley back out to the floor, where they end up brawling their way down the aisleway.
2: And it really does zoom out very far. It's like, oh, let's recalibrate.
0: (laughs) Regal throws the bruiser into the doomsday cage before taking him back towards the ring. Only for the rest of the Blue Bloods, a.k.a. Squire, Dave Taylor, and Earl Robert Eaton.
2: Earl Robert of Eaton.
0: To come down to help attack Finley, which causes a disqualification. Post-match... We get one final slap from Lord Stephen while the blue bloods hold the bruiser before they leave to the back. But once Finley's up, he gives chase for them to brawl at the scaffolding and to the back.
2: That nasty slap uh, after the DQ. This is... I really loved how gnarly this was (laughs) and how intelligent it was, too. But, I mean, obviously it's intelligent, like... It was an okay. intelligently done, he- hefty match.
1: Two of the leaders of modern-day wrestling, at least behind the scenes anyways, thrown down.
2: Mm-hmm. With <clears throat> incredible uh, logic and psychology, even for a brawl. Brawl to the back. But the thing is, is like, well, I would have loved to see a finish, but I don't care how it ends if I can see it again.
0: I don't know if that'll happen. So this wasn't... this. I mean, I don't know for certain. This probably wasn't the original finish of the match. Yeah. But once he was busted open... And they called an audible. They called the audible because they had to finish quickly. Yeah. And as we'll see, this affects the rest of the show going forward.
2: Well, uh, we started off with two bangers. Bang, bang.
0: We go to the back. And mean Jean's there with the giant and Jimmy Hart. And Oakland says that Hart humiliated Loch Ness on TV, with Jimmy claiming no one puts their hands on him and gets away with it. Mean Gene also says the winner of this match gets a title shot versus Flair on Nitro before asking the giant for his thoughts. And we get one of those famous giant poems. Oh, give it all to me. I can start off with rhymes. I can start off with riddles. Loch Ness, I'll smoke you like bacon on a griddle.
2: Okay, all right. Also, the first match is our only title match. They Tony tells us that, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh well, you know, we're gonna have this match, and Ric Flair is gonna have a title match tomorrow. What is on the line here throughout the rest of the show?
0: Number one contenders match.
2: Yeah, sure. Between the Loch Ness and the Giant, I wonder mm-hmm. who will win. Right, just just say I'm just saying Nobody wins guys, we all wins. I'm just we saying all. <laughs> guys
0: Giant then warns Flair he's going to tear him limb from limb and the title would be his again Oakland sends it back to the commentators who discuss the rest of the card before sending it back to Mean Gene and Oakland plugs the hotline saying someone is hanging up the tights to go to Hollywood before introducing Lochness. Ness and Nessie he says he's going it alone because Hart is no longer his manager. Claiming he promised him a shot at Hogan, but Jimmy pulled him out of the match, so he's just going to take it out on the Giant. Mean Gene then asks what he's going to do if he gets his hands on Hart, but Loch Ness says he can't say, because it's not allowed on TV.
2: It's shows called Uncensored. Come up with
0: something. And it's also on pay-per-view, not TV.
2: Yeah, They also cut a match er because... called an audible in a match because of blood, and the show's called Uncensored. I didn't know that until you told me. The show's called Uncensored.
0: Yeah. Hope no one gets fired. Third match, (laughs) Colonel Robert Parker versus Medusa. So the story behind this match was that Parker had been cheating on Sherry with Medusa. That's the story? While they were courting. Then at the wedding at clash thirty-two, Medusa would show up and ruin the wedding.
2: You like the end of Wayne's World.
0: Now why that means that Parker and Medusa need to fight, I have no clue. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, like
2: Like, it makes makes negative sense, I'd say. Uh,
0: I didn't I mean I know I did look and Medusa and Sherry had had a match, I think in the week Prior at either Nitro or Saturday Night or whatever. That's
1: what it should be on the show. So
0: there was that match.
1: Like the storyline should have been Sherry and Medusa were having an affair with each other, so Medusa wanted to come in there and kick Parker's ass. Sounds so, great.
0: Why Parker and like technically Medusa and Sherry should have teamed up on yeah. Parker because he, absolutely, she's a handicap he's match. He's the scoundrel here.
2: Yeah, I mean she. Should, yeah. Either way, can't do Medusa like that.
0: But we but haven't seen Medusa. In Survivor Series 95. And what a shame. Episode 172. Yep. And both of them are in the ring and the Colonel offers a handshake. But Medusa just turns and shakes her butt at him instead. That's what he probably like. enjoyed that. He, he's, if you actually cheated on him or cheated with him then he's seen that. Yeah, so.
2: yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. If anything, he's intrigued. Maybe he thinks there's an invitation. Yeah. This match just angers me. So they tie <laughs> they tie up
0: and Parker uses his power advantage to take her to the corner. But Medusa recovers to pushing back before arm dragging him across the ring. The Colonel picks her up into an airplane spin, but she counters it into a sunset flip for a two count, followed by a body slam. Parker rolls out of the ring and he looks to leave. Which I'm like, what why?
2: Yeah. Medusa's in there celebrating, the crowd's cheering for him. But... I do declare, this woman has kicked my fanny, so
1: I
0: must concede. But Dirty Dick Slater comes down, and he talks him back to the ring. And we get back in the ring, and the colonel picks Medusa up with a choke lift, but then misses an elbow drop, allowing her to hit a pair of missile drop kicks that send Parker out to the floor. I mean, you know. Medusa would then leap off the top rope with a crossbody, but Parker catches her weirdly and doesn't take a back bump. <laughs> back inside the ring, she delivers a bridging German suplex, only for Slater to break up the bridge, allowing the colonel to roll on top for the pin and, and the, the win.
2: I mean, he's just
0: using... He's basically on top with, their, with Wade, his Wade, junk in her face.
2: Yeah, well, junk in
1: her face, and the referee is counting from a side where he can't see shoulders in the first place. So, Pee Wee Anderson,
2: a you. I mean, the crowd uh, is pro-Medusa, which is fun medusa looks great but she's medusa she looks great she's a, a very fit and char- and um charismatic lady now, honestly i don't hate colonel robert parker he's just a bad storyline that's oh, a very bad story i think colonel robert parker is constant pretty story he's pretty line. fun you think he's a pretty fun manager all things considered yeah
1: no he brought us fucking bunkhouse. Bucks. hey
2: man i'd like to think that those weren't his ideas <sighs> he could have quit what? He uh, yeah. he's, a, he, he's an Armstrong.
0: We go to the back, and Lee Marshall is standing in front of a chalkboard that has the schematics of the Doomsday Cage on it, hmm. and like the faces game plan. That's Oh I yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. There. Now I can't think of a different word than game plan, but you know.
0: And we haven't seen Marshall since World War Three, episode 173. He was one of the announcers. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, is this our
2: rings? first Lee Marshall? Who is this guy? Yeah, so like, I, I guess we've only him seen him like one time.
1: thinking he was that guy that was on like
2: Raw for an episode. I kept looking at like, uh, no, like, was not that him? him? No, the shock jock guy that yeah. was like really bad for like the first couple Raw, uh, or uh, like the first something. year of Raw.
0: But Lee introduces the Road Warriors, with animals saying it doesn't matter who they face. They want to kick everyone's butt, and their opponents will find out why they are the Chicago bullies. Hawk then explains the medulla oblongata before threatening to remove them from their opponents, causing them to have to depend on depends. Even <laughs> though, if you pull out their medulla oblongata, that would kill them. Yeah, yeah,
2: I do love that. Right before this promo, Hawk like like opens his mouth, ready to talk, and. It's like, oh, no, the other guy's doing... It's not the, my turn. It's not my turn. So he just, like, shuts his mouth and, like, tries to hold back a smile. So he's just like, ah! And, he's like, <laughs> and then the promo starts from the other side. And I thought that was pretty charming. But in hindsight, the man was probably high.
0: Hawk then finishes by saying there's no legal way they can lose this match.
2: Hmm. I mean, you could you could bring a gun and uh, murder them.
0: I think Hawk would still know, sell it and get back up. yep probably we go back to Tony, Dusty, and Bobby where they discuss the next match before showing us a commercial for Slambery 96 oh joy the Lethal Lottery returns oh yeah but they make it seem cool as the commercial depicts an underground fight club in a black and white filter
2: I know it does look kind of cool
0: honestly mean i'm looking more forward to it than i would have if not yeah
2: i mean remember how awesome the like spin the wheel things were Mm -hmm. those were great and the white castle of fear like those were fun like over the top little video segments and this is the closest we've gotten in a
0: while we then go to our fourth match diamond dallas page Versus Wait for it. the Booty Man uh, in an I Quit Wrestling match.
1: I forgot all about this name. Yeah, the Booty
2: Man. So the
0: Booty Man is Brutus Brutai Butcher Man with no name, Zodiac Beefcake, in another iteration. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast, guys. Oof,
2: I couldn't believe you even came uh, up with yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you did very, very well with that. Essentially, he's Brutus, just with a different name, oh. as usual.
0: And his ass cheeks of his tights cut cut out.
2: Yeah, uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Brutus, the Z- the Zodiac Queef Cake. Yeah. Somewhere, Billy
1: Gunn's like censor at this time was like, mm. I
2: have a good ass. What is the problem with this guy? This guy <laughs> doesn't even have that good of an ass.
0: <laughs> so this match was supposed to be for the television title versus Johnny B. Bad, DVP versus Bad.
2: I mean, yeah, it's been going on for too long, but it's normally okay.
0: But as I mentioned. On our last WCW show, Bad had dropped the title to Luger and left the company. So the feud shifted to the booty man as Kimberly had shown some interest in him. So
2: Johnny Bad left, and they're like, we can kind of make you look like Johnny B Bad, and we'll just give you Kimberly. Yeah.
1: He was a bad man. We're just going to give you a bad character because, you know, Mm -hmm. you're used
2: to it. But he'll get a bad bitch. Kimberly looks great.
0: And if you remember, Diamond Dallas Page also lost all of his money in the last match. So he had sold all of his clothes and jewelry. So he looks very disheveled and scraggly. Yep. And if you look at the tights, they're actually the tights he wore back when he was in like the AWA. He like actually put some thought into his character. I mean,
2: the disheveledness looks good. And then, yeah, it's... That's that's pretty fun. The booty man is the problem.
1: You know what would have really impressed me in this, though? If he would have sold the diamond in his name and just been Dallas Page. Oh, that's, so really,
2: that's really good. <laughs> that's really
1: good.
0: But basically, Page had come out and said that if he loses this match, he would quit wrestling. But if he would win, he would get his money and Kimberly back.
2: Yeah, but whatever she didn't spend of it. I think it was $6 million. $6.6 so $6.6 million. 6.6 he million. has
1: nothing to lose, really, hey? That's right. Yeah. Bummer.
0: So the bell rings and Paige bells to the floor immediately to taunt the crowd.
2: Play up those boos.
0: But once he returns, the two men do crowd work, allowing the booty man to get his biggest reaction since 1987. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> they finally lock up with them trading arm bars, which DDP shoves off, but misses a charge that takes him out to the floor. Paige gets on the apron and starts to complain to the ref, with Dick Patrick just shoving him. So DDP decides to leave, only for the booty man to drag him back to the ring. And Paige begs off, only to yank booty man into the corner. But booty man answers back with multiple turnbuckle smashes that puts DDP stumbling out to the floor and into the front row.
2: You know, flop and flop into the front row. He just got his head smashed in. He do not know where he is. He got his uh, Abdullah Abungada all shook up. <laughs>
0: Nice. Kimberly then makes her way out at this point in a ballerina outfit while Paige is having his head slammed into the apron by Bootyman. Back in the ring they both are running the ropes but DDP pumps the brakes and does the beefcake strut to taunt. So of course Bootyman nails him with a haymaker and kicks. Bootyman's toss to the ropes and Paige ducks absolutely nothing. So they repeat it. And this time <laughs> Bootyman misses a crossbody. DDP's kicking and choking before nailing a back suplex, but gets distracted by Kimberly instead of making a cover, so he only gets a two count. And Paige begins to work a headlock with leverage. When Booty Man begins to booty up.
2: Oh my god. All while
0: Kimberly's telling the camera that he's so cute and wants him to be her boyfriend.
2: I mean, uh, good. God. remember when Kimberly was cool and... and... Johnny B. Bad treated her uh, respectfully, and they had, like, it may not have been a relationship, but it was a solid friendship, a yeah. respecting one. It's a partnership, I was really almost. I will say, Kimberly looks uh, great in her fun little outfit here, though. Kimberly always looks I mean, looks she good. always looks great, but, uh, you know. They had to really ramp it up, I guess, because... <laughs> what are we doing with the booty man?
0: DDP catches the booty man with a hot shot across the ropes before calling Kimberly up to the apron for a kiss and she slaps him and page turns right into a jumping high knee from the booty man for the pin and the win post-match booty man and kimberly kiss at ringside and she is feeling faint before leaving to the back while officials calm the frustrated ddp
2: He's throwing a fit
0: so, he quits wrestling, so I guess we'll never see Paige again, right? Absolutely never. not. Ever. Guess again. We'll see him at Slamboree. Um, Woo! Yeah. I
2: what it,
1: what
2: Why would it takes yeah. to get his career back? Uh,
0: who knows? Mm. Who
2: freaking knows? Maybe he turns face.
0: Who we there's... go to the back, and Mean Jean's <laughs> there with Jimmy Hart and Lex Luger. And Jimmy is sad because this is the last night he will be managing Luger. It's all because Lex was upset about being pulled out of the tag match to be put into the Doomsday Cage match.
2: What is the what is the prob- problem with Lex Luger right now? He's Lex Luger. Yeah, it's just like the storyline is... So it's like, yeah. will they, won't they, but it's done very sloppily. Maybe it's done well on television, but I don't believe it. No. <laughs> I don't remember it being great anyways, but... Oh, yeah, I just love you defeated. No.
1: <laughs> like, he was brought in to be the other Hogan, and then he was brought over to
2: challenge
1: Hogan? I don't get it.
2: I did uh, like the mirrors for the Narcissus. Yes, the Narcissus was great. I didn't like
0: it because I had to say it a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <don't> blame you. <laughs> I Jimmy... just liked it
1: because it didn't matter if you said it wrong because everybody said it wrong, so yeah. it was just part of the the gimmick.
0: Jimmy then gives Luger an airbrush jacket with his face on it before running off as he yells, I love you, man! Oh, good God. I
2: mean, it's funny, but it's not good.
0: Okerlund no. then asks Lex for his thoughts, and he says that he's caught between a rock and a hard place, that the Doomsday Cage is the most dangerous match he's ever seen. That's
1: right. He was on a, a boat slamming a... 450, 500 pound Yokozuna at one point. It was a
0: hip toss. (laughs) Luger continues that he has to wrench deep inside his gut to watch Sting wrestle without him.
2: He's worried for Sting.
0: But Mean Gene accuses him of bailing on him. And Lex says he will watch Sting's back and will give his best in the main event.
2: To his best friend? He calls Sting his best friend.
0: We then go to our fifth match. Loch Ness versus the Giant with Jimmy Hart. In a number one contenders match. Giant
2: versus Giant.
0: And Nessie trips on his way to the ring while using what will become Rey Mysterio's music very oh, soon. Really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I love uh, Yeah, the lights are low for both entrances, but uh, Bobby Heenan puts it wonderfully. He's like, put your pen and paper down because you won't see any great moves. <laughs> And he's, like, saying, well, they're big, it's going to be a brawl, but, like, it's Bobby Heenan being uh, a little little cheeky.
0: The two men trade chops, chokes, knees, and headbutts when Loch Ness backs Giant into a corner. But the Giant reverses it and tries to splash Nessie, only for Loch Ness to avoid sending the Giant tumbling over the ropes to the floor. Nessie drags the Giant back in to clothesline him and deliver an elbow drop. But Loch Ness then attempts a second one, only for the giant to move. The giant then nails a clothesline, a thrust kick, and a leg drop for the pin. And And the win. win. Post-match, the giant yells into the camera, that was for Hogan. And Flair, I'm coming after you.
2: Mm. Yep.
0: So that literally means that Jimmy Hart is the manager for all the heels in the main event but he's also the the manager for the face giant
2: yes. yeah
0: makes perfect sense the face giant that was a heel that was a heel last time we saw him mm-hmm. but he's now a face
2: and i love that he says hogan that was for you but like he wants the belt off of rick so he says monday night rick it's me and you for my belt okay
1: i just yeah.
2: you gotta prioritize things There weren't enough
1: olives in my sandwich It's not making sense. (laughs) We go to
0: the back. Lee Marshall's there with Sting and Booker T. And he calls it a mutual admiration society and compares it to an all-star game before asking the Stinger for his thoughts. But Booker wants to speak first. Calling himself a straight OG brother from the hood. And he has something to prove for the road warriors. And that he's not scared. If they brought the fight to my streets, it would be a Harlem street fight. Sting then tries to sound hip by just repeating Booker's line. Yeah. But then shoves him to get him pissed off. With Booker T. threatening to knock him out. But the stinger says that's exactly what he wants. Sting then tells the road warriors to forget those detached retinas and kneecaps. That are detached. We're coming for you... (laughs) Like you wouldn't believe.
2: Yeah, the thing is, is like Booker T's promo was good. He, mm-hmm. he makes a 110th Street reference, I imagine referencing a classic uh, Motown tune, and then he also says it's on like neckbone, which is tight. That's why,
1: fine. Why are we having a Chicago street fight in Mississippi?
2: Because the Road Warriors are. I know they're from Chicago. and but... from Chicago. And that was like what got the Chicago street fight over originally, I believe. Oh, it's just dumb. It's just. Dumb, I mean, dumb. we've had Chicago street fights in NXT. I mean, it's just dumb. Well, I guess it, that might have been if in Chicago, it was though.
0: a Tupelo street fight, would you feel better about it?
1: Yes. Okay. I would. You could just call it a street fight. <laughs> yeah, a street fight. That's that's all I'm looking for. But a Chicago street fight, in Mississippi, with two guys from Chicago. Yeah, but then you got a guy from Harlem and you got a guy from Omaha, Nebraska.
2: Also. A thing I noticed the first time that Sting isn't bleach blonde. Yeah, he's he's making the change. Maybe the most significant thing on the show. His face paint
1: isn't as bright and flashy. He's got them yeah. darker colors now.
2: But yeah, I was just like,
1: oh, sinking into himself yeah. as he observes what's going on around him.
2: It, by the time that promo segment was over, I was like, oh shit, he's not blonde. I was like trying to figure it out while it was going on. I was like, oh, that's
0: pretty wild. So we got our sixth match. The Road Warriors of Animal and Hawk versus Sting and Booker T in a Chicago street fight. The road warriors attack in the aisleway, but they make it to the ring where everybody is brawling away. The Stinger runs into a big boot from Animal inside the ring while Booker runs Animal into the ring post on the floor. Mounted punches by Animal, back body dropped by Hawk, Sting avoids an animal charge, only for Hawk to get back in the ring to attack from behind. Booker T makes a save, hitting an axe kick on Animal for a 2 count, while Hawk runs the Stinger into the ring post.
2: P-p-p-posted.
0: Animal recovers to power slam Booker, followed by a leaping elbow drop for a near fall as Sting and Hawk continue to brawl on the floor. Animal and the Stinger take turns posting the other's privates. While Booker T and Hawk do the same with dropping their opponent on the guardrail. Back in the ring, Sting body slams Animal. While Booker pile drives Hawk on the concrete. Oof. Only for him to no-sell. And stand right back up to deliver a clothesline. But Booker T responds with kicks that he does sell. If you're too high to feel it, did you yeah. feel it at all?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did it even happen?
0: Animal nails the Stinger with a clothesline for a two count but then misses an elbow drop, allowing Sting to hit a running faceplant. All four men are now back in the ring and Hawks choking Sting before Booker is low-blowed by Animal and tossed to the floor.
2: And thank God they're all in the ring, because you know what I hate is double cam.
0: Oh, you mean like we're going to get right now?
2: Yep. Oh, I guess it already. I guess it hadn't happened yet.
0: (laughs) Booker T sends Animal into the guardrail and makes a cover on the floor for a near fall before heading back in. Did you guys know this was false Count Anywhere as well?
2: I don't really know the rules. Of, the of course of the it is. Line, I guess.
0: Booker then comes off the top rope, only for Animal to catch him in the gut on the way down. Hawk and are brawling their way towards the doomsday cage when the road warrior hits a dropkick, while Animal delivers a dropkick to Booker T in the ring. Animal and Hawk then switch opponents, only for the Stinger to just take a walk to the back after being choked. Booker applies an arm breaker in the ring, when Sting returns with chair in hand, smashing it over the back of Animal before making his way to the ring to do the same to
2: Hawk. You think he went back there and was like, the fuck am I supposed to do? He's high as shit. you like, just <laughs> take a chair. Protect yourself.
0: A chair shot over the head of Hawk leaves him laying. <laughs> I like that. So the Stinger drops the chair to pick him up, only for Animal to have made his way to the ring and picks up the chair to do some damage of his own, making a cover. For a near fall. Booker hits a leaping leg lariat on Animal. Sting with a pile driver on Hawk. Who no sells again. (laughs) And delivers a power bomb to the Stinger. Mm. Both Road Warriors now grab chokeholds, Because before everyone starts brawling all around ringside. Even going into the crowd. Hawk goes for another power bomb. This time on the concrete. Only for Sting to reverse to back body drop the Road Warrior down followed by Booker T leaping off the apron with an axe handle onto the animal. More brawling with Hawk being thrown into guardrails by Sting, while Booker and Hawk make their way towards the doomsday cage. Now inside the ring, the stinger comes off the top rope with an axe handle to Hawk, followed by missing a stinger splash, allowing Hawk to deliver a clothesline and a falling fist. Now Booker has been thrown into the cage in a guardrail, So Animal makes his way back towards the ring, where the Road Warrior set up for the Doomsday Device. But Booker T gets back in time to make the save, pulling Animal down off the top rope, causing him to crotch himself. Hawk hits a leg drop for a two-count, followed by Booker coming off the ropes with an axe handle on the Road Warrior. Sting and Animal then collide for a double KO, which causes the Stinger to fall into the ropes... Bouncing right back off into a headbutt of animal's testicles. <laughs> Booker T and Hawk fight over a waistlock when the Road Warrior wins it to hit a back suplex. Now four men are brawling in the ring when Booker hits a side slam on Hawk. Misses an elbow drop and he goes to do the spin Only to be stopped by a kicked off animal by Sting. Hawk then whips Booker T who has to leap over animal who the stinger was dragging to the middle of the ring, followed by Hawk charging into a back elbow.
2: And I don't know about you guys, but, like, right before the, like, second low blow, like, the headbutt blow blow, blow, I had had enough.
0: Oh, is that how long it took (laughs) you? It
2: took me, well, no, like, that's when I, like, finally, like, had to write down in my notes, I've had enough. (laughs) Sometimes I feel that way beforehand, but, you know, it gets to the point where you have to put pen to
0: paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Sting heads up top for a splash onto Animal, who moves to avoid, followed by Hawk leaping off the top, only for Booker to catch him with a dropkick on his way down. Back to brawling by everybody, and Booker T would go (laughs) low to send Animal rolling out to the floor. Booker would then go for a plancha, only for Animal to move, while Hawk delivers a gut-wrench powerbomb for a near-fall on Sting.
2: And the crowd is pretty pumped for the Road Warriors, at least early on in the match. You know, they get their pop. It's not the Road Warrior pop, but it's pretty good considering the time.
0: The Stinger recovers to nail a clothesline on Hawk, and then teams with Booker T for a double-team clothesline on Animal. They both go for vertical suplexes, with Sting dropping Hawk on the top rope to Crotching, while Animal no-sells his and hits one of his own on Booker. The stinger goes for the scorpion death hawk, but Animal makes the save, allowing Hawk to drag him out to the floor to brawl some more. Another leaping leg lariat by Booker T to Animal misses, leaving him straddling the ropes. So the road warrior shakes those ropes to crotch Booker.
2: How many crotches?
0: Too many. <laughs> hawk leaps off the top rope with a clothesline to Booker T, but he's too tired to capitalize. So are we while Animal and the Stinger (laughs) brawl around ringside. Spinning front kick from Booker to Hawk before applying a camel clutch, while Sting runs interference on Animal momentarily. Hawk clotheslines Booker T over the ropes to the floor, while the Stinger body slams and elbow drops Animal inside the ring. Sting then comes off the top rope with a crossbody, only for Animal to catch and power slam him down for several two-counts while Hawk hits a drop kick to Booker on the floor. Another double KO inside the ring, when Booker T DDTs Hawk on the concrete for a near fall. We get a double throat thrust from Booker, but then everybody goes back to brawling, with Hawk clotheslining Booker inside the ring, but misses a leaping fist drop. Sting's head's being slammed into the apron, while Booker T misses an elbow drop, only to do the spin a this time and deliver a leaping leg lariat. Sting grabs a chair, but he's beaten down from behind by Animal, allowing him to take possession and smash it over the back of Stinger. Animal sets up Sting for a clothesline, but he moves, sending the road warrior arm first into the ring post, which allows the Stinger to grab the chair and use it over the back of Animal several times. Hawk comes to the rescue as he steals the chair away and uses it on both opponents. So Sting just leaves to the back again. What does he come back with? So the Red Warriors work over Booker with kicks and power slams. But when the Stinger returns, he has not one, but two brooms.
2: He's got two broom handles. That would hurt. This is the match
1: that doesn't end And it goes on and on, my friend Some people started wrestling it Not knowing what it was And they'll continue wrestling it forever Just
0: because! The stinger uses those brooms to clean up the mess Whacking everybody with them But Animal recovers to steal them away And clean house Animal breaks one of the brooms in half To choke Sting with while Booker T responds by crotching Hawk on the ropes before making the save.
2: I can't even count the crotches.
0: Mm-hmm. Booker's choking Animal before they go to the floor to brawl while Hawk body slams the stinger inside the ring. And Booker T now seems to have had enough and he leaves to the back. God, what's he coming back as Hawk back flies him? off the top rope with a splash for a near fall.
2: You're going to need the world's largest vacuum to clean up this
0: mess. Animal follows Booker to the back where they run into Lex Luger who is getting ready for his match. So Lex attacks the road warrior. Stevie Ray then joins the fray as well running Animal into some kind of post that's in the middle of the the area.
2: It's just a, yeah, it's just a load-bearing post <laughs> that's in the ring, I guess.
0: Jimmy Hart's then there all of a sudden and they tape his arms up around the steel beep. All while Luger is complaining... They ruined my sheen.
1: Did Brutus get another character all of a sudden? Is he now a post in the back? <laughs>
0: back in the ring, Sting is clotheslined over the ropes by Hawk, but he retaliates by sending the Road Warrior into a guardrail, followed by a missed stinger splash. Booker T's now back at ringside, and he tosses Hawk into the steel steps, rolls him into the ring to nail a side slam, and goes upstairs for the Harlem Hangover, but the Road Warrior moves to avoid. Hawk makes it to his feet while leaning on the ropes when Stevie Ray would run down with a chair to nail the Road Warrior in the back, allowing Booker to make the cover for the pin and the win. Ah, Wait a
2: second. Post-match,
0: Sting and Booker T shake hands with Booker yelling, We get the title shot! With the Stinger agreeing as we then see Stevie Ray laying out Animal with a chair in the back.
2: Yep, he's cuffed to that post in the back and he's just hitting him with a chair. I think that's assault.
0: So you remember how I said that the uh, Regal-Belfast Bruiser match went short? Yep. I think that's what caused this match to have to go 30 minutes. Jesus
2: Christ. I mean, can you imagine more of the really good match? That would have been nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that Sting was like, fuck, what do you want me to do? Go to the back and... And and Here, here, just take uh, these brooms. Yeah because apparently that's what they fight with in Chicago, is brooms. I do love when he walks to the back, lifts the broom handle, He's like, oh, cool, glad you feel okay about this. We did it!
0: Shivani Heenan and Rhodes talk about our main event. What could follow this? And Dusty rambles and an about frying. 45 feet of cages and blocked-off area. The brain compares it to Alcatraz, while Tony attempts to explain the rules, with Bobby saying... No one cares about rules.
2: <laughs> Bobby's so right, because who knows what we're about to get into.
1: Bobby had to sit through that last fucking match in person and talk about it as it happened. Mm-hmm. I can only
2: imagine.
0: <laughs> and the American Dream then finishes by saying, Hogan will lead them into the 90s. It's
2: 1996, Dusty. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> I couldn't believe
2: that. It's like, holy shit. Oh, They're checked dusty. out. They're checked out. Even Bobby doesn't have jokes anymore. No. Bobby has,
1: yeah, he's got no jokes, he's got no fucks to give, he just, I'm there. Bobby showing up late to the show, wearing my leather jacket, fuck you guys.
2: What's funny is Bobby in this era, uh, like when shit this bad happens, reminds me of when Jim Ross will do some uh, AEW stuff where he's just like doing everything he can not to fucking just like piss on it. And it's always really funny. He does a bit of a classier job of it. But it's also not as, like, fun or funny. He's just, he's not, he's not Bobby Heenan. He's the straight man. So it's, it's like way more, it's even more noticeable because this probably wasn't as noticeable to somebody that wasn't, like, a crazy, like, you know, wrestling fan at the time. Whereas now, the only people that watch wrestling are, quote-unquote, like, smart fans because of just the, the internet and the amount of, material and the half of the fun of wrestling at this point is the behind the scenes stuff where like that wasn't the case here in 1996 exactly so i just yeah
0: so we go to our seventh match the alliance to end hulkamania of the nature boy rick flair the enforcer arn anderson the taskmaster kevin sullivan lex luger the faces of fear of ming and barbarian Z Gangsta and the Ultimate Solution with Jimmy Hart, Woman, and Miss Elizabeth versus the mega powers of Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage in a Doomsday Cage match. That's it. Those two
2: guys. Against all that. Like, on what planet is that a good idea for. Talk about killing the town. Jesus. As if there was one. But. Z gangsta was the thing I wanted to point out that I noticed very early in the beginning of the show. Well, mm-hmm. Zeus, they brought Z- mega powers. Could have happened a second time. Well, it has been. This is like if you like fried like fried mm, vomit, and funny. we're like, here's an omelet, and you're like, that's not an omelet. That is vomit, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yep. And who is the ultimate solution? And you shouldn't call anything the ultimate solution. Is that Warlord? Is that who that is? Is it Warlord? No, we'll talk about about it. But you shouldn't call anything the ultimate solution. Guys, you know why, right?
1: Setting people up for (laughs) failure or disappointment again, like the the ultimate whatever. When they brought out Renegade, they were probably hoping that this was the time that Warrior was actually going to come back. I'm just saying... Instead, he goes elsewhere. We'll talk
0: about that here in a second. I'm just saying...
2: (laughs) We all learned about World War Two.
0: <laughs> Hold on, Hold on. Hold okay, on. okay. So Michael Buffer makes the introductions. So let's get ready to Force because he totally gets Mega Powers' name wrong.
1: Yep. Oh, you had one job, Michael.
0: Shivani then wonders where Brian Pillman is because at this point WCW still thought he was coming back. I do like nah.
2: that they are talking about Brian Pillman. I thought that was
0: fun. So Flair and Arn are in the top ca- There's three cages.
2: It's like There's, a cake.
0: Yeah. Of cage. Flair and Arner are in the top cage. You can't... Luger, Sullivan, Man, and the Faces in Fear are in the second one, which is actually cordoned off with a piece of fence in the middle of it. So like it's, a, like yeah, it's like two like a, different cage types. Yeah,
2: like a tennis court, except for it goes all the way up.
0: And Z Gangsta and the Ultimate Solution will be in the bottom cage... But they don't come out till later, and it's just a full
2: bottom, like the bottom cage is a ring, yeah, exactly. and then it's like the you know each ring gets smaller at the top, and it is chain link. It is not like your big blue uh, WWF cage, Correct. and there's a giant scaffolding on the side so they can get up into it. It is very much the OG Hell in a Cell, but like a three tiered cake.
0: Speaking of gangsta insolution. We haven't seen them since No Holds Barred, the movie The Match, episode 38.
2: Yep, we did a very, oh no, we did the commentary after that or before that?
0: We did the commentary with our friends at Flawed Laws, and then then we covered the match on the same episode. Okay, okay. But you're like, but I just said both of them. They were both in that movie, as the ultimate solution was one of the guys in the bar. Okay. <laughs> but he is better known as the guy who plays Bane in Batman and Robin.
2: Oh, okay. the Joel Schumacher one. The Bane that looks really cool and he's got like the juice shooting through him. Yep. yep. That's fun. Also, that's crazy.
0: His original name when he first came out was not Ultimate Solution, it was Final Solution. That's just as they're the same thing. Oh, my God. If you don't know why that might matter you should probably go back to school but adolf hitler's plan to
2: kill all the jews when translated into english what's called the final solution and yeah ultimate solution sounds there's like the same thing to me
0: this is also how different
2: is ultimate and final it's not much different crazy
0: this is also the same cage they used for the Tower of Doom at Great American Bash 1988, which was episode 20.
2: Oh, I remember that one. Uh, Eight years prior, they
1: yeah. brought that same cage back. Good lord.
0: With the top two cages are just chain link, so everybody just has to walk around slowly On to make sure they don't fall through.
2: And the other match was garbage, too, but I feel like it was more fun and balanced than what we're about to get into.
0: Yeah. So... Hogan and Savage start in the top cage with Nate and Double A. Brawling away with punches, chokes, and chops, using the cage to rake the face. The Nature Boy slams Macho's head into a pole in the middle, followed by Hulk doing the same to Flair. Anderson then gets run into the pole, followed by an elbow drop from Savage, and makes a cover for a two count. Nate is chopping away on Hogan when he rips his shirt off, because he means business, causing the nature boy to back away.
2: You know what I will say that's positive, that is a positive thing, is that the cage is actually scary. So just watching these guys walk around gingerly is nerve wracking because it feels like it's gonna break, and you can put yourself in that position, uh, like mentally, like that, that that like that is. Maybe the only thing here that uh, they're fighting the cage and not each other, <laughs> almost.
0: Savage starts choking the enforcer with the rip shirt, while the Hulkster runs Flair into that pole again.
2: What else are they gonna do?
0: We get a running double axe handle by Macho to Arn before choking him some more, only for Nate to make the save, and Double A locks in a figure four on Hogan, followed by the Nature Boy doing the same to Savage. But they both turn the holds over, forcing the horsemen to release it. Flair then drops something through the fence to the second level, when Hulk would then throw powder down into the second level to blind the faces of fear, before doing the same to the horsemen, allowing them to open the trap door and drop down to the next level. Trap door. Mm-hmm. So now Hogan and Macho are brawling with the faces of fear. And the Taskmaster and Luger in the second level, which has a chain leak wall with a door in the middle of it. And Jimmy Hart is now on the scaffolding, and he hands a chain to Sullivan, who immediately has it taken away by Hulk, and he wraps it around his fist to use on Lex and the Taskmaster. Hogan then uses the chain to choke Sullivan, but Luger hits him from behind to steal the chain away to do the same to the Hulkster. Savage is being double-teamed by the Faces of Fear, while Hogan fights off Taskmaster and Lex by smashing their faces into the cage, allowing Hulk to save Macho from a double powerbomb with a double noggin knocker Hogan and Savage make their way through the door, and then wrap the chain around the door to lock the Faces of Fear on their side of the cage. Yeah. So did... Who can have a padlock with him, I guess? I
2: mean, maybe they just tied it real tight, but that's the idea. I do love the manager cam, because it's like Jimmy... And the ladies? Yeah, Liz and the woman. And it's just fun to see them together, standing next to each other looking nice. But, you know, that's a shame when we're talking about a wrestling match. Yep.
0: Anderson and Nate finally climb down to the second level and try and help the faces of fear with the door, while the others brawl on their side of the cage hulk and sullivan fight out a door where the taskmaster almost falls over the scaffold to the floor
2: that's pretty creepy that's scary too to me because it's like ugh, he really does kind of put himself out there a little bit
0: but they end up brawling their way down the stairs with sullivan trying to toss hogan over to the floor as well now luger begins to follow down the stairs to help the taskmaster out on the floor of the arena when macho finally gets down there to even the odds and the four men brawl their way down the aisleway and to the ring in the middle of the arena.:
2: No longer in the cage. don't know why. Now the match is as if it wasn't inert. If it wasn't stupid. If, it, if it wasn't stupid, it's now inert. It's like, well, what's the point?" Yeah.:
0: Once they get down there, the hulkster takes the mic away from Michael Buffer and bops Sullivan over the head with it and then they go inside the ring where Hogan delivers a big boot and turnbuckle smashes all while Lex and Savage continue to brawl around the cage area. You
2: remember the old kindergarten song, picking up the field mice and bopping them on the head? Little that's, tofu? Yeah, that's yeah. essentially what's going on here. It's like every heel in the company plus two and uh, he's picking them up like field mice and bopping them on the head. Two against, what, is it six?
1: Two. Uh, Well, I mean, two of them haven't
2: shown up yet, so yeah, six. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, six on paper.
0: (laughs) Hulk delivers a running clothesline to the Taskmaster before throwing him to the floor to drag Sullivan towards and into the cage. Hogan then saves Macho with multiple clotheslines on Luger, followed by Savage looking to suplex the Taskmaster, which. I think is ends up being blocked, but I'm not sure, as the camera ends up panning away to see Hulk nailing Licks with a tool bag. Sullivan then tosses Macho into the cage, while Hogan brawls with Luger down the aisleway, running him into several guardrails before going into the ring with him. The Taskmaster then takes a wood plank from the scaffolding out, but sees his partner being beaten, so he takes off to the ring to make the save. So Savage grabs the plank and follows down to the ring as well. Hulk hits a running clothesline on Lex, while Macho hits Sullivan from behind with the plank. And all a brawling when the Taskmaster breaks free to roll into the ring to make sure those are vitamins that Hulk takes.
2: Low blow.
0: Luger takes Hulk out to the floor, only for Hogan to grab a chair for some offense on Lex's back. Savage then goes for the chair, but it's stolen away by Luger to use over the back of Macho and then Hogan. Sullivan drops Savage balls first on the guardrail, while Lex and Hulk fight over face slams into the apron, with Hogan getting the better of it. Who'd have guessed? Macho and the Hulkster then whip their opponents into each other, before punching away on them on the floor. All of a sudden, Jimmy Hart brings out our last two competitors, The Ultimate Solution and Z Gangsta, To make the save. Dragging Hogan and Savage back to the doomsday cage ring. And we get a view from the stationary camera, which is absolutely horrible. (laughs) With Solution and Z taking Hulk and Macho down. And Sullivan has some kind of stick and he keeps poking Savage with...
2: From the outside of the cage.
0: When Hogan double axe handles Gangsta. Allowing Savage to come off the top with a double axe handle of his own. Onto the Z. Hulk with mounted punches on Solution, but an atomic drop breaks it up. Hogan with more double axe handles. Macho attempts clotheslines that do nothing to Z, except for catching on one to lock on a bear hug.
2: Yeah, I love that there's the Hogan chants throughout all of this. What are we even talking about?
1: Oh my god. Hulk
0: rams Solution's head into the cage, then punches Gangsta, causing him to drop Savage but he just turns around to stare down Hogan before choking him down to the mat. Solution gives several press slams to Macho as Hogan escapes with a rake to the eyes and turnbuckle smashes of Z. Savage then leaps off the top with a double axe handle, but this time he's caught by Solution for another bear hug. Until Hulk comes to the rescue. Double A and Flare now jump into the ring to help, so both Hogan and Macho are being double teamed. Savage is being thrown into the cage, while Gangsta's dropping Mongolian chops on the Hulkster. All of a sudden, Booty Man comes running out and hands the Mega Powers frying pans.
1: Sounds like he's been watching some ECW. Foot f f fry it up.
2: I feel like uh, Macho Man may have pulled a an object out of his pants? Or is that about to happen? I can't get it straight. In my mind. Uh, there was at
1: one point he was trying to pull something out of his pants and then he got stopped uh, and I got then you hit. see mm. powder just fall out of his hand onto the ring.
2: Oh yeah, because it's about to be Bump City. We're doing uh, the after party in the ring, guys. They're chopping up lines. The
0: Mega Powers then throw some more powder to blind their opponents before using the pans on everybody many many yeah. I mean,
1: but they do cute little like microphone bops on top of the head with frying well,
0: pans. I mean, the
2: frying—they're pa- small. Can't frying make pans. them bleed,
1: so you know, just a little
0: boop, crack, yeah. the, egg,
2: boop, yeah, crack yeah. the egg, boop, crack the egg, boop, crack the egg. You know, it's less dangerous. A well-done Punch. blade job.
0: Luger then comes running into the ring, attacking the Mega Powers from behind, before putting a weighted glove on his hand. Mm-hmm.
2: Why would Luger put a weighted glove on his hand if he has a piece of metal in his elbow? That was in WWF.
1: I don't know if he has an elbow thing in this one. I can't remember. (laughs) It's real, though. It's
2: real, isn't
0: it? So the Nature Boy's holding Macho for Lex, only for Savage to duck, and Nate gets nailed. Even though it was very badly mistimed. Yeah, it
2: was horrendous.
0: The Mega Powers get one more shot in on everybody before looking to escape the cage, because that's... The only way Hogan knows how to win cage matches. How can
2: you win if... But
0: Macho jumps on Flair for the pin, and the win.
2: Good on you, Macho. I mean, this is a mess, but you can't leave the cage, come back into the cage, and then leave the cage to win. Unacceptable. The first thing should have been acceptable.
0: Post-match, the Mega Powers make a beeline to the back. Probably because Hulk needed to catch a plane to go film Santa with muscles.
2: Well, I love that Hogan... An actual movie? Yeah. I've never okay. heard of that
1: one. I missed that Hogan yeah. flick, thankfully. I love
2: that Hogan lifts Macho Man's arm and Macho Man's just like selling, falling over himself. It's like, hey, at least he's trying. Yep.
0: Tony, the Brain, and Dusty discuss the evening and Bobby's upset, saying this has to stop. Mm-hmm. calling hulkamania an infectious disease I'm trying to
1: remember what it was that dusty had said but it, it had something to do with the
0: i wonder
2: if i had a it. show
1: that you've never seen anything like this before or yeah something. uh-huh yeah it just hyping it up to be something that wasn't the pure dog shit that it was
2: oh yeah no yeah bobby says uh hogan won but it has to stop <laughs> he's like sells it. It's like but it has this has this has to stop this is bad
0: Ian then just removes his headset and leaves. Thank you, Bobby. With Shivani telling him not to get lost. Oh, it's cold. Because remember he got lost on the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh uh-huh, that's funny. Before saying his goodbyes and credits roll. We get those VHS
2: credits, baby. Oh, now my favorite part.
0: So I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Uncensored 96? I'm going to
2: take it first. Go for it. Trash show. It's a trash show. But the first two matches are great. Mm -hmm. They're high energy. They're well worked. They're wrestling. They're great wrestling matches. Unfortunately, one of them ends in a weird DQ because of a blood blood and or a concussion or whatever. Because they were really fucking laying into each other. The other one was a great technical match that was Lucha style, but it was not quite pure flip. Because, you know, Conan's a big guy. And I think that those two matches really helped me get through this show and then the absurdity of it made it watchable to an extent there's only seven matches and i think that like medusa was fun and she has an infectious energy in general even though the angle was dumb the match was bad it was nice to see her and booty man was bad but ddp did a great job of being down and out and you know Kimberly was there to look cute. I don't know what to say about the Road Warriors outside of what a way to they're so lucky that they could be this bad in the mid nineties and still obtain and their legacy. They they like the people don't like shame The road warriors because of how great because of how great they were but like when when the road warriors are bad Hmm. it is egregious
1: yeah when they're bad they erase anything that they've done good in the past i mean
2: I, i i don't know if they erase it but it definitely like kind of colors it but they get away with not doing that in the long run because they were the hottest thing at like the height of The like JCP NWA days so you know it is what it is and then the last match is just so ridiculous that it's almost gleefully stupid so show's bad wouldn't suggest it but if you like looking at a train wreck you might find it interesting the first two matches though I think are what WCW should be aiming to do to right the ship unfortunately, I can't see that coming.
1: You were a whole lot nicer on it than I
2: am. I was, and I shouldn't be, because talking about it was tough. But, uh, you know, that's why I wanted to start first, because I'm ready for you to pee-pee and poo-poo all over. thoughts can
1: be summed up in three words. Fuck this show. Eddie and, and Conan, they did good. Regal and finley they did good but those two matches are not enough to make me ever want to suggest watching anything on this show to anyone ever they're
2: almost two like one third of the show though yeah i mean
1: they are but that other two thirds of the show just erases (laughs) erases (laughs) everything from anything good that was previously on my tv was eliminated the second that parker and medusa got out there because it was just a stupid match Then I mean, Bootyman and DDP, it's just dumb. We're on, like, the seventh character that Brutus has had in here, and they're all the exact same character, just with a headband or face paint. It's still the same stupid moveset, same stupid facial expressions, even if they're covered up under paint. The tag team match was just a train wreck that should have been stopped before it even started, and the last match never should have even thought... Into existence. On paper, it's bad. This is my least favorite show, I think, ever
2: that we've covered. I think that the other uncensored show is worse because it doesn't have matches of of quality of the first two. I looked it up before we watched this. I can't even remember what was on it. But it was... Maybe it's not worse. But it's got, like, no matches on it. I think the best match on that show might be a DDP and... Johnny B. Bad match, but the amount that I loved the first two, like I said, it really did help me get through to the yeah. end. And they, I don't can't enough. I can't blame you. They weren't enough for me. They, they but
1: because it, even as I'm thinking back, I'm yeah.
2: And what's funny is like we can think of a better way to book how to use that cage immediately. It's the dumbest way possible.
1: Yeah.
2: It should be put people in there that uh-huh.
1: people actually want to see and not just. Throw everybody that's left on the card into a cage because Kevin Sullivan is the booker. There's so many or whoever better. Whoever the yeah. fuck is booking this shit at the time? I don't know. But there's so many better I, ways. I've said more than I need to about this entire show already, and I stayed mostly silent during the actual talking
2: of the show because <laughs> it just blows. It blows, it Matthew. Does, it
0: does blow. It's close to being the worst show we've ever watched, <laughs> but the first two matches do raise it above. Because both those matches are better than the Zabisco match on Bunkhouse Stampede. Is that the good one? On that's Oh, the, no. That's okay. my show that I still consider the worst. Yeah. I my thoughts can't even remember. basically, it. on this. 18 minutes. 17 minutes. 4 minutes. 16 minutes. 2 and a half minutes. 29 minutes. 25 minutes. Yep. Every single one of these matches, except for the two matches that literally went... Two and a half, three minutes, which that's about all the time that those two matches deserved, Mm -hmm. went too fucking long. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, even even the first two, even the good ones, even the first
0: two, yeah. And I agree with that because, like Conan and Eddie, they go a eighteen thirty. They go twelve minutes. Cut six minutes off that match. That's a high flying pace. That is a great match. Yeah,
2: they definitely do a lot of like uh, showboating and crowd stuff. They do, and then there's that doesn't that doesn't do they don't do that for six minutes. So there's still another four minutes of like them kind of repeating spots almost.
0: Regal, they go seventeen minutes of that match, and I, I mean, like I said, I don't know for certain, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that they cut that match short.
1: God, if they cut that short, what the hell? And I'm like.
0: That match was brutal. It should have been 15. And it probably should have been just a quick 15. Mm -hmm. That brutal 15. And been in and out.
2: I I love the brutality of it. Booty
0: Man went 16 minutes. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: It did. Which then caused, obviously, Road Warrior, Sting, and Booker T to go 29 and a half minutes. Which is about... Fifteen minutes longer than any Road Warriors match should ever be. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, if they didn't have Colonel Robert Parker and Medusa, or the Giant, and uh, or like if they if that match was like two wrestlers, they could have stretched a match from you know eight minutes to like twelve or thirteen or whatever, and saved it a lot. We can't expect that from the Giant and the Loch Ness.
0: I can honestly tell you that you mentioned earlier there was four matches on main event. Each one of them were less than five minutes long. Yeah. Okay. Literally, they could have probably put all four of those matches on the card and cut time off of each match to fit them in, and I would have enjoyed this show more.
2: And you would have have had
0: a... Even though that would have been 11 matches on the card.
2: You could have done it in the time right in the but 2, I mean, two the hours show and was like minutes?
1: 14 hours so i mean 11 matches over i know it was only 2 hours like 45 minutes or whatever but yeah it I mean, felt like it was a 14 literally hour show. It i i'm with you but <laughs> i
0: hadn't even gotten to the final two matches and i was already rolling my eyes mm-hmm. because of how like just overly long this show felt it was just it was a struggle to get through
2: yep it was i did I did break it up in a weird way where I watched the first two matches, came back the next day. Yeah, see, that makes things more enjoyable. And that, I, didn't, I, didn't, do does it. I didn't do it for, on purpose or whatever, but even the first two matches, by the time the first two matches were over, guessed, guess what the clock was at?
0: It was at like 45 minutes.
2: 47 because I had I wrote down my time notation because like sometimes you go back into a streaming service and it might have saved your spot or it didn't or whatever so I had my I, if I stop a show and get back to it later I always write down my timestamp 47:05 at the end of the second so, match crazy. crazy Michael definitely
0: liked the show more than me and you did but yeah, I definitely it's not good I don't like it as much or I don't dislike it as much as you Shane but that's just because those first two matches. There are, at least parts of them, that I can I can see the good match in there. In there, I see wrestling just, in those matches. They just need to be trimmed.
2: Sure. Yeah, I see great wrestling in those matches.
0: Okay. I, I literally think that Conan Guerrero match fits twelve minutes. We may be talking like short list, mm-hmm. absolutely type match. Yeah,
2: no, I thought it was a great match, but it did go on too long. I kind of forgot how long it went on until we started talking about the times, but. Towards the end of this show, I was like, you know what? There's I have a weird memory about pausing this show and being surprised. And two matches happen, and you're 50 minutes into the show. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. And then the last match, the three cage thing, already stupid. But if you're going to do it, you've got to do it with some kind of intelligence. It can't be two guys versus like six, everything gets thrown out of the window. There's an, there's a clean way to do that dumb match. There's a clean way to do it. Oh yeah. And I'm not gonna spend the time like thinking it up. We're not gonna fantasy book something as dumb as that. But anybody that's listening can easily take the list of those guys' names and figure out the right thing to do. Even if you gotta add a face or two to the other side, there's more intelligent things that can be done. You can't leave the cage. You can't leave the cage in a cage match and then go back into the cage. You can't have a cage match
1: with all your without all of your people in the cage when the match starts. It makes absolutely no sense when you have these multiple layers of. Shape. I can see with
2: the with the and then
1: all of a sudden yeah you're out of the cage and then you're back in the cage and then the guys that are supposed to be in that part of the cage are finally in that cage but it makes no difference if you pin them or if you get out of there because yeah nothing makes sense in that
2: yeah it just it yeah yeah i don't want to like i said i don't want to (gasps) fancy like there's a scaffold with doors on the sides of each one there's a way to do this nice and clean I don't know what
1: made them think that adding Arn Anderson and Ric Flair into the Dungeon of Doom bullshit with Hulk Hogan would make things that much better, but...
0: Yeah, that's what they've been doing with no. the Horsemen and Dungeon of Doom teaming up.
2: Yeah, it was a dumb, dumb thing to do, it's and dumb. it felt like they did it on the fly, but uh, I remember when we did that episode where it's Pillman freaked who out. Who
0: in the Dungeon of Doom, other than the Giant, has any... Credibility. Credibility.
2: Giant doesn't have any credibility, but he does have size. And he's like this new thing. And they've been treating him like it's a thing. So there's that. But we all know, in hindsight, that he's just a little bit less awkward at this point in time than Elegante.
0: Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? Yeah, there, all right. Fuck you. I think it's time we mark it up. Find me one best moment.
2: Uh, every single time that the Belfast bruiser fucking rocked the face of of Stephen Regal. He was just slamming in, into him with what looked like shoot elbows. It looked like fucking uh, like Vader unleashed but with a catch style. I thought that that match, I would love like those two matches at the beginning of the show are the kind of matches that I want to see on a regular basis and I'd like for them to be a little bit cleaner, a little bit more crispy, as far as like length goes, but you know two people intelligently putting together a capital W uh wrestling match of those are two completely different styles that were fun and more believable than a lot of things that we watch and like it was it was the Conan match and Conan and Eddie was more uh, realistic and believable than the week before when we watched Guerrero and Juvitude. Incredible match, but it seems like they're working together. Conan and Eddie felt a little bit more like a fight. Mm-hmm. And then Regal and the Belfast Bruiser, Fit Finley, that was a fucking fight. And we see guys, you know, do garbage match brawling in ECW. These quote unquote fights that seem less, seem like they have less ill intent to their opponent while they're hitting him with a chair than these two guys did with their fists. So I think that those two things are like, those two matches brought out something in me that is, you know, the reason that I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I like wrestling. Even if they're not perfect, even if they have their problems even if they feel sl- slapped on, they did the right and just thing in trying to make wrestling a believable, believable fight. But, who even knows where we are anymore? Best moment for me is
1: Bobby at the ending. Bobby oftentimes says what I'm feeling at the end of these stupid fucking shows. I mean, Bobby had he some does. great lines.
0: To- Tony had a couple good lines, yeah. making yeah. fun of Bobby. Tony um, did, for sure. Booger T. His promo, his was, promo was great. Was great. I agree. Egg I, I really, sandwich. I really loved Kluger uh, yelling, "They ruined my sheen! <laughs> it, it, it made me laugh for some reason. Yeah,
2: because it's funny. It's, I think Jimmy Hart was fun on this show.
0: Yeah, with the coat. Yeah, <laughs> I love you,
2: man. Uh-huh, yeah, I think he, I think he had some fun some fun moments.
0: There, there is. Like these tiny moments. There's some like prime
2: of... bad wrestling moments.
0: Yeah, the wrestling is bad. But Nobody but some... like
2: just like even the promos. pretty got... looking
1: pieces of corn and shit too. There but... absolutely is. Yeah, <laughs>
2: this is a maze. This is like if you went and bought some maize, but it was all brown. He's <laughs> like, oh, well. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's
0: still corn. I can eat it. Most disappointing.
1: Everything after Regal and Belfast.
2: For me, it's the... I mean, pretty
0: much, yeah. (laughs) For me, it's the the
2: disservice to Flair and Arn, and then the audacity to continue to book the Road Warriors when you uh, know better. You just know you just know
1: they are no longer the road warriors they're just, just talking yeah about
2: it's just a it's a mess and you know better
1: you can't book them the same way you did in 1986
2: yeah i hate to say that like the nasty boys here would have been a better match yeah if, even if they had to go 30 minutes because those guys like whether you no matter how you feel about them like they if they had to keep it in the ring or even in a brawl like as long as you don't add condiments they're not slipping all over the place they're gonna keep a clear enough head to not turn it into complete insanity they wouldn't it wouldn't be as embarrassing even if they had a bad match with Booker T and Sting at least Sting's on fucking cocaine keep him sharp spend all his fucking hair dye money on cocaine I don't blame him They're they're not gonna push him to the top anytime soon
0: Michael Buffer, how do you get mega powers wrong, guys? Yeah, I was saying that too. How? How do you do it?
2: I don't know. I you know how I always am like kind of roll my eyes when you're like he says those magic words because I want to be like let's get ready to and like say it or whatever because uh, I'm like I mean we get listeners people listen, I don't want to get sued people sir. people listen to this show but he is very protective of that and I know it but I'm like he's never gonna hear this but listening to. Jim Cornette recently... I'd rather
0: recently. get DMCA sued yeah. than sued by Michael Buffer.
2: Yeah, I was uh, listening to uh, like Jim Cornette recently, and he was about to do it, and his co-host cut him off, and he was like, no, 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 because <laughs> a lot more people listen to that show. And he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And he was like, what? <laughs> and uh, it was probably just a bit, but uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it is serious. And it's like, they they could and would be sued. and But, yeah, I was like, oh... Because I always want to say it. Why would you not want to say it? I
0: love saying it. It's great. How about best performer of the night? Hmm. Belfast Bruiser for me.
2: Same. That's mine. It's like, obviously, Conan and Eddie, great. Steven Regal, great. But Belfast showed up, and I was like, holy shit, this is my new favorite wrestler. Like, that's how I was feeling uh, in the early moments of that match. I was like, oh, this is my guy. You know how much I love, like... Tomohiro Ishii and and you know Shinya Hashimoto those hard hitting hard hitting like big Japanese guys the stout stout like maybe not brawlers but fucking you know world beaters the guys that don't give up and uh, he went in there and as soon as he had his first like forearm smash I was like oh, okay and I was on I was on the end of my seat and uh, interested yeah we have it to fast.
0: How about most surprising?
2: Oh, the 9,000
1: people paid to see this fucking show live, plus however many at home.
0: Yeah, um,
2: I guess it would probably be the length. The lengths of every match that wasn't the two short matches was really surprising. The, the, the most surprising thing, there's seven matches this, on this three-hour pay-per-view. After last year's... Seven. 245, 246. It, know that
1: this was what they thought would be the follow-up to it. Yeah last year's wasn't great but it wasn't this steaming pile of shit yeah
2: i mean it it did move better it had a better flow i mean yeah, it was on the road but maybe. it also didn't have any matches as good as the first two but still like you said like you know a really good uh, yeah a really nice wine doesn't save a fucking two dollar steak mm. Nope. and what we have here it's not even. It's uh, not even two dollars sake. This is a rotten pork chop, brother. So I mean, you, <laughs>
0: you've been talking about like fantasy booking the the cage match. I what know. I think? was. I didn't want to do it because I don't my, have a. My most surprising idea. thing here is literally like the match doesn't do anybody any service really. No. But who gets the shortest shrift of them all?
1: Flair and. All.
0: Ming and Barbarian.
1: They don't yeah. Like
0: literally they're about to like literally the only time I mentioned them in that entire match, they're about to power bomb macho. Hulk comes in, double gives them a double noggin knocker, That's and then hilarious. they run out the door. Yeah. It's literally the only thing they and they did then they don't even show up at the very end. No. when everyone else is in the ring.
2: They went to the back and probably fucking didn't like, even bother taking a shower. with just to like, the hotel and hit the bar. Fuck this shit. Like Let's get see you out guys here. later. Yeah. We're gonna get drunk and go to sleep before we have to talk to you again because that was embarrassing.
1: Like they were probably back there waiting yeah. to jump Hogan when they got back. You also and remember when he like,
2: was running off as fast as he was. They started to book Ming like pretty well.
0: Ming was in a martial arts match in the last one and the last one with uh, Hacksaw Jim right. Duggan.
2: Yep. Uh, which we aren't the biggest fans of Duggan in... in... Anything, but... Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched much of his Mid-South stuff, but I do not like him in the WWF, and I like him less than the WCW. Yep. But Um, Ming, we're all fans of Ming. Yeah. We think that he's a great great athlete that's booked poorly. I like Haku. We all... Ming... But but we, yeah, we're
1: fans of Ming, I always felt, was disappointing because they never did shit with him other than this...
2: They started. They started too. Remember when he first showed up? They yeah. did stuff with it. Remember Bash at the Beach when he started yeah, well, having he matches and he was looking good. The badass guy Skater that was, race.
1: you know, the quiet guy. Yeah, because he man. was just a
2: bodyguard for a long Once time. Once they actually
1: started to do something with the character with him, that's when it all went downhill. Yeah,
2: but we know that we like, we like the man mm-hmm. and respect the man, and we know that he is capable of much more.
0: Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Thanks
2: least favorite show
0: (laughs) this week the category is the champ is here the champ is here the champ is here so five points for a correct answer three if we go to multiple choice i'm going to give you a show and the championship you give me who the champion was at the end of that show
2: all right so it's not Specifically heavyweight, it's just a
0: a belt to be any belt. All right, so the show is ECW when worlds collide, and the championship is the ECW television championship.
2: Is there a year on it, or is it just between 93 and 94? Okay,
0: it's 94, I'll give you that because there was not one in 93.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's like, has there only been one worlds collide?
0: I think they actually did one at a, in, 95, in 96, 90, 96. Okay. so we haven't got to it yet.
2: I have a, a name in my mind, but I don't know if it's worth the guess. We both came up zero last time, and I think we're pretty close in points.
1: Was that the one where they sent? Uh, I'm good with multiple choice. I don't care.
2: Yeah, I'll go to it. If he's going to go to it, and we will buzz in. I demand All right,
0: run. multiple choice. Your options are Too Cold Scorpio, Dean Malenko, Jason, the sexiest man on earth, or Mikey Wiprick.
2: I'm going to go Too Cold Scorpio because that was my original thought that I was going to make. My guess if I guessed with no multiple choice. And That is incorrect. Alright Shane, it's you. You got three boys. Then I'm going to go
1: with Jason, because I'm trying to remember if that's the one where he finally got the damn title.
2: Because we forgot about Jason. You're correct. And that is
0: incorrect. Uh, it's Mikey. It is Mikey. Oh,
2: he's my favorite. He
0: was the champion already going into that match, and he defeated Nine One One by disqualification on that show.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I assume Scorpio is the TV champion in '95 because he was the TV champion in ECW. I know we both know that for sure. Um, uh, he was at
1: least a 95. I'm trying to uh, remember. He had one in
2: 94 too. Yeah, that was the the meteoric rise of Mikey Whipbrake. So hey, 2-0-0. Two, zero zero, two shows in a row. Yep. Both no points. This one, Keep things did we, des- we didn't deserve the points. Nah. Nobody deserved the points.
0: Next week, WrestleMania 12.
1: Okay, that one will be a little better, I hope. I think, if I remember right, I believe. I don't think I've ever watched 12. Really?
0: I know I've watched the main event several times. I'm, yeah. I'm,
2: if you've watched it several times, I'm sure I've seen it.
1: I've watched the main event. I mean, I've watched the whole show several times, but yeah, the Hollywood backlot brawl or whatever the hell it was. Is that on that one? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: Either way, there's no way it'll be less fun than Uncensored. No, no. It it'll take like a whole lot to yeah. get Oh Yeah, yeah. It might not have a uh, a poffo, but it will have pomp and circumstance.
0: Yeah. So, music from this week's show is "Over the Edge" by Steve Everett, and Macho made the pin for the win. Thank God. So, we're gonna play "Pomp and Circumstance" the electric guitar mix. Oh, yes by Jimmy Hart. I would
2: yeah. love to see Jimmy. It would be so great if Jimmy Hart just started touring with a rock band, how fun would that be to go see you guys? If you just came through town?
0: I mean, I'd I'd
2: probably go see Dude, I would love to see Jimmy Hart sing songs with an electric guitar around him. It'd be fun.
0: If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns...
1: If you hated this show as much as I did, I'd really like to hear you. Because, yeah, I...
2: I hated it. What if you What if you liked
1: <laughs> it? What if you're just a fan of like the of cringe? I mean, yeah. Tell us yeah. what you liked about it. Tell us what you hated about it. Tell us what you ate while you listened to us talking about it. If you've ever tried an egg and olive sandwich, let me know your thoughts. Yeah.
0: But you can do that on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling h i s t o x we'll talk to you next week Wrestlemania's next week guys just
2: you know be appreciated Show's be appreciated
1: you know,
2: <laughs> Wrestlemania coming up
1: yeah and uh, as always fuck you Terry